that's a growler. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Neverending Minute, where we analyze, scrutinize, and Falcor finally flies. The movie, The Neverending Story. I'm Thomas Howith. I'm Kearney Steele. And with us again is Ryan Clary. Thank you for joining us again, Ryan. Hey, Ryan. <laughs> I'm just going to say it, Ryan Clary, every time so that I make sure it's Ryan Clary I love every it. time Why? I say it. <laughs> Happy to be here. Thanks for uh, having me back again today. You'll, you'll always be rad to me. <laughs> <laughs> we discussed off air uh, the option of Brian instead, <laughs> really marrying the two names, kind of like a it Brangelina. Didn't, it didn't well, go over well. <laughs> funny story about Brian. Um, my wife ordered me ordered me to grow my hair out, and um, I have naturally extremely thick hair. And, sh- and I'm like, okay, you want me to grow it out? How long do you want it? And she's like, Thor. And I was like, all right. So, like, I just got it to a point where it's in, like, a half pony, not really a man bun, like a half pony. And at work, people think that my alter ego, who is Brian, is, like, not really, is very, is more aloof. He's like, whatever, man. I'm just cool. I got this man bun, whatever. So, like, people are calling me Brian at work now. At least they're doing it on purpose. <laughs> We're part of a trend. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> oh, goodness. Oh, boy. So, um, Terry, why don't you tell us about this minute? Because I know it's making Ryan very happy. <laughs> oh, boy. All right. This is minute 43, which starts with a white something flying through the air toward Atreyu. And it ends with Atreyu confusedly looking around after waking up against this white creature's paw. And this white creature is Falcor. Yes, we finally see Falcor. Everybody ah. rejoice. It's almost as great as coming up to the ivory tower. Falcor has arrived. It's so impressive as a little kid. And now I'm watching it trying to like analyze the special effects. And it's like, I need to turn off my movies by minute brain for a moment and just appreciate my joy at seeing Falcor. So <laughs> as Falcor is flying in and we get to a second, let's say five. How do you feel about second five, Ryan? Okay, so first off, you guys lied to me. You said we were all done with this last minute. And then I opened this up, and again, it's like, oh, my God. But, I mean, this is where it's it's really kind of reaching that, that climax. You don't know whether he's going to get killed by the Gomorrah or he's going to get yeah. saved by this weird flying dog. And, and he's uh, given up. Yeah, he's given up. Mud Boy has fallen into the mud. He's going back home. Um, and, you know, you're just there's a lot of confusion here. You really don't know, like, what's going on, and then... Um, obviously, in the end, he ends up uh, uh, getting saved at the last minute. And before he's saved, again, let's all just take a moment to appreciate. I can't give you a second to freeze it because the whole point is the motion. Look at the way Falcor's ears flap as he flies. <laughs> it is incredible. And I just appreciate because that wasn't necessary. Do you know how hard that must have been on the puppet to bit like, or anima- whatever it is? Like, that must have been so... An extra added step that did not need to exist, but brings me such joy now that it does. So, it's so happy. I have to say, I was I was a little let down by this minute. The effects do not hold up for him flying through the sky. Nah, not not. I as will much. say a lot of the effects do hold up. This one does not. This instantly made me think of 
the old Superman TV show. And actually, the old super Superman TV show looked better than this when flying, I think. You know, you can, and, I, and I'm with you, and you can, um, you can really see where the proficiency of the practical effects guys fall short. And this was kind of like uncharted waters, I think, for them. And they, I think they did the best with what they had. Mm. Um, but this is something that I don't think they were very used to. Like everything else, like the practical effects are amazing. That you know, uh, Gamora running through the swamp and the POV, and uh, you know, every other puppet that they were able to uh, um, create and um, bring to life in this movie. That was mm. like their forte. But the special effects, Falcor flying down. I think they spent a lot of time, like, on the ears flapping. I've never noticed that. <laughs> Those fans must have been huge to make his ears flap like that. And like, But then putting it on screen against the aquarium dye clouds, yeah. it was, that's a monumental challenge. I don't even know if it could have been done. I, I don't know. But I agree. Yeah. It doesn't hold up. I, this I, is, I... Yeah. This is a contender for Lucas coming in and... Uh, Air quotes, fixing it 20 years down the road. (laughs) So I want to give you a thought that might help you feel a little bit better, Ryan. Just just to alleviate your imagination some. Think about that wolf head that fell down in the the attic, you know, on the stick. Mm -hmm. And just think about somebody sitting just underneath the screen, moving a wolf head on a stick up and down (laughs) to emulate a wolf running. (laughs) Seriously, you got some guy like blowing behind her, like, uh, uh, uh. <laughs> and, like if you if you just like pull back a couple of feet, it's like it takes all the fear out of it. Yeah, no, absolutely. Thank you. It's kind of yeah, it's kind of like the Jaws effect, you know, where you only see half a half a shark mm-hmm. and it's just ruined for you. <laughs> oh man! Well, and I, this wolf was so close. Actually, you know, um, and it and it's another. It's not so scary thing. The wolf in uh, Disney's The Sword in the Stone that's going after the wart has always reminded me of Gamork in this minute, hmm. where it's you like know, so close. I never remembered Gamork getting this close to getting a Treyu until watching these minutes just now and preparing for today. I forgot he actually got within snapping distance of hmm. a Treyu. How can you not remember that? I don't that know. I just I remember the intensity be. of him chasing him in the swamp, but I don't remember him actually getting that close. And I think I more remember the speech in the end of the movie where he says, "I lost him in the swamps." And yeah. he, I just think you know, my mind just said, "Oh, he never really saw him. He knew he was there. He didn't see him get picked up, but he did." Mm-hmm. I'm trying to think. As I've mentioned before, this is totally different in the movie because there's a whole other monster that we don't or it's totally different in the book because there's a whole monster that we don't get in the movie right um i believe i'm trying to look for it and of course it's hard to podcast and flip scan the book as well um that he doesn't get this close in the book like it isn't this obvious but it's one where like the luck dragon and atreyu disappear and then like Gamort comes over the rise. Right. Like it was really close. Or like he saw it from really far away, but by the time he got close, they were gone. I can't remember exactly what it is, but there is something. There is a like, it was right there. Well, I think that's a funny choice because it kind of goes back to what I was saying last minute. Visually, we get this intensity, this, we don't know if he's going to make it or not. There's this unsurety. He could be in dire straits here. 
But if you turn the music on, it's completely different. You know, this is the savior moment. This is the moment when he's going to get away. And I think it's odd that they made, they chose to really apply that music that strongly kind of dissolving the effect that they're working with, like working against the effect they're going for with what they're doing visually. Well, but I have feelings about the fact that the Oren at this moment does let Atreyu give up for a moment. Like you said, he's sinking in the mud. He's done. Is that only because the Oren knows that Falcor is close enough and it's okay to relax its grip on Atreyu now? Or it's because Atreyu has stopped to watch what's going up in the sky instead of moving forward. He's focused more on what's happening in the sky than he is on pressing forward and keeping going. Hmm. I don't know, because he was reaching up, although that's true, because he puts down his arm. Huh. So it just might be that minute where It's all very deep. Yes. (laughs) And that brings us to the catch. (laughs) The giant animatronic savior moment. (laughs) This is so bad. (laughs) I have so many questions. It must have been so difficult. Oh, God. Why is he moving so slowly? How does he fly going so that So that Noah can grab it. (laughs) (laughs) There's just so many questions. If you're trying to save someone, you don't move that slow. And the biggest question, like, and and I I had said, like, how can you not remember uh, the Gumbork almost, you know, getting a Treyu. It's like, part of me, the biggest question I had is, how did he miss? How did he miss <laughs> that? He's right there. And he just kind of like, he had some like depth perception problems. Like he was, he thought he was going on the the back hind leg or something, you know? I mean, like, it, it, it didn't seem close. It just seemed like he just, I don't know, fell in some mud or something. Well, oh. if you, if you scroll to like second 15, you can actually see that Atreyu's like four feet back from where the wolf lunges at. He's like in the forest screen yeah. and Atreyu's in the back screen by like four wow. feet. Wow. It's almost like the worst telegraph punch for a movie you've ever seen. You know, they're always supposed to stay like four inches away or something like that when they swing. This is yeah. like that, but by feet. But when you're watching it in the when you're watching it in the minute and you're like, oh my god, oh my god, you don't realize that. True. It's only because we're literally going frame by frame almost at this point. <laughs> um, yeah, I think they could have done that seconds. a little better if they had just, they should have made the foot a little higher so that it was something he was stretching up to get instead of stretching behind. forward to get. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's only because it's behind him that it looks quite that bad and i really wanted to start yelling something but it would be a spoiler for a minute of their own which is the movies by minute about a league of their own so i won't but if you remember the dramatic climax of that movie just imagine the guy yelling into the microphone so you mentioned the ears yes are the ears what makes falcor fly Ooh, I mean, I He looks like he's using them as wings here. No, but I have to say it's it's um that is it undulating is that the word I'm going yes, for? Yes, that's right. It's exactly like when you learn to do fly in swimming, it's the same motion and that's what's propelling you. Yes. Like I I I don't mean to burst your bubble because that is an adorable theory, but I'm pretty sure that is not what's making him fly. <laughs> My ears don't wiggle like that when I do when I do uh, fly. I can tell you that much. 
Well, no, but um, we're not luck <laughs> dragons, so our anatomy is slightly different. <laughs> um, I have a lot of questions when we flip out of the scene, but I do not want to move us along too quickly. If you guys have, do you have any notes for more to any talk more about. notes for Fantasia right here, Brett? Oh my god, I almost did it! I almost made it through a whole episode. <laughs> Oh, man. Now I'm just going to start doing it on purpose just to get over it. You know, it's too bad this is a PG movie because we could be making up a really fun drinking game to go along with this. <laughs> um, you know, as far as the uh, Swamp of Sadness, you know, good riddance. <laughs> I'm good. You know, I think I'm going to put a challenge out to the Listener Society to count how many times we call Ryan Brad. <laughs> Oh. I'm not editing any of it. <laughs> oh, God. Nor should you. Oh, boy. Okay, guys, you got a whole week here. <laughs> Tell me what the tally is at the end. It, it's high. It's very high. It's very high. <laughs> it's, like, it's like Brad high. Oh, that was too much. <sighs> Overstretched. All right, so we jump back into Bastion now. Oh, this is a great moment, but I am distracted, and it is all your fault. Okay. I never thought of this, noticed this, thought anything about this until I started doing this podcast with you. When he flops backward, we see his lunch sitting directly <laughs> on a box in this disgusting, dusty room. Also, when he ran away earlier, was he just going to leave that? No wonder a rat lives up here. Also, when did he eat the crust off that sandwich? I have so many questions off this one background thing that shouldn't bother me, but does. <laughs> I want to know about the knives with that huge block. Is that what those are? They have to be knives and um, <laughs> really a knife locker. Like what? I'm not exactly sure what? what else they could be. Maybe taxidermy tools. I don't even know if that's. Oh a my thing. god! I thought maybe like a candelabra. Oh my god! You're right. Oh oh! oh it's a candle holder. Yeah. Those are candles. Okay. <laughs> I liked my story better, but that makes way too. more yeah, sense. I mean, they are next to a skull. Let's be fair. Well, I, I was mean... going to talk about the skulls. I mean. It's, and the it's, multiple bones. Uh, give me a break. What is up with this <laughs> attic? I mean, like, it was it was weird before, but when he sits up and he puts his cloak down, I mean, I have notes. In my notes, it says, damn. And I'm just like, I, I, I see it, and there's like, those are real. There's no way that those are fake. Those are Ryan's real human bones. having Army of Darkness flashbacks. That is a like, human skull in this moment. I am an expert in the field. <laughs> I know it when I see it. <laughs> But, um, and it was in this scene where, um, I asked myself, I was like, what's the dollar amount on some of the items in this attic? I mean, <laughs> it, looking for resale value, I mean, like, some of these items would be worth a significant amount of money. I mean, it, it's, it's kind of crazy to think that, but it's all, like, gross, but I mean, like. Now, here's, here's a question. Do you think anybody collects these movie props? Like there's, I know for Rocketeer Minute, there's people that get Rocketeer stuff, and you know they have screen used stuff. Does anybody go for a screen used fox? Well, that could be reused in other. You know or what a, I mean? Like a screen that's used that... wolf on a stick. You know, <laughs> I would get the fox. I would get the fox. I'd put a top hat on him. I put a monocle oh. on him, and I would dress him in pajamas. I want the, I want the screen used ascot. <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh, now we're saying movie props, but that's like a real human skull, right? Like Wolfgang <laughs> Peterson killed a man, and that's what's in this movie. Jeez. What are they going to do? Make it? No, they're going to buy one. They're going to be like, we need a real human skull, a hip bone, a femur. We can't afford and a to buy cage. one. We're just going to have to kill somebody and use theirs. <laughs> I know how to strip the flesh. Oh, God. <laughs> just a half a rib cage, not a full one. <laughs> All right, we we skipped a little bit ahead. I do have a note for when he flops backwards. Yeah. There is a sound effect. I want you to listen very carefully as it pl- as he flops back. It says, "Woohoo!" What? It's, no, it's, it doesn't. It's not him saying it. There's a noise that says, "Woohoo!" No. Is it the All mattress? Right. The air hang is. Hang on, hang yeah. on. It is, but it's a very distinct noise. No, he goes, "Woo!" No, no. There is a sound that the mattress makes. I don't know if that's him in the mattress. It's like, woohoo! I'm going to listen to it. I love how I can hear like the echo of us all. Um, we can have an actual conversation about how adorable this is that he's like this infested, that he flops back in exhaustion. Tierney, I swear I thought you just said infested, not invested. Well, I mean, this is pretty meta. Technically, he is going to be infested with this book uh, at some point, but not yet. Not yet. Um, infested with rats, maybe, because, you know, Ascot Rat's getting bored, but... No, I think I think Ascot Rat is just over in the corner doing his own thing, waiting for him to leave so he can go get that PB&J sandwich. Who knew that rats had such high fashion? It's, it's you know, he, he go makes for it the work, best. You know? Yeah. Uh, it's a good look. <laughs> um, have any books ever made you feel like this? Where you just needed, like, after an intense scene, you just need to take a moment and rest? <laughs> yes. World War Z. Ooh. <laughs> I haven't read that one. I've been told, read the book, don't watch the movie, but... I would tell you the same. Yeah, I listened to the audiobook for it. It was really good. The best thing about the World War Z movie was that Peter Capaldi played the WHO doctor. <laughs> I never put that together. It's in wow. the credits. It's in the credits. He's the World Health Organization oh doctor, the WHO doctor, and this is before he was cast. That is brilliant. <laughs> he oh, was wow. not. I don't even think he was on the list yet for playing Doctor Who, playing in Doctor Who. That would have been Matt he, Smith. Yeah. yeah. Wow. <laughs> Welcome to the Doctor Who minute. <laughs> hey, we re- we'll reference anything clearly. <laughs> We just no ask Brian. He knows. Yeah. Oh, Ooh. Brian knows. <laughs> Brian knows. Brad knows. So now I can't stop looking at the sandwich journey. Thanks. You're welcome. You're welcome. It would have really <laughs> rounded out this scene if they just put the rat on top of the sandwich. But I mean, I kind of want a little if they had done the after credits stingers. In this era, which they don't, like, spoiler alert, there's nothing after the credits, but if it was just the rat, like, dragging that back over to the ascot, <laughs> that would make me so happy to know that, like, that sandwich went to a good home. <laughs> oh, goodness. <laughs> so, we start in on Bastion's narration here. Yep. Why and does he read so slow? He's a kid. He's a well-read, well-read kid. I know I never read that slow when I was a kid, <laughs> but I don't want him Jeez. to. But it would make sense because he was up in the attic for like a whole school day, and he only got like a quarter of the way through the book. <laughs> so he probably just reads at the speed the whole time. <laughs> there is a great shot on Bastion as the 
as we get the zoom in, the signature Wolfgang Peterson zoom in, as he's reading, there's this intense look in his eyes, and his eyes get bigger as he reads. <laughs> like he's super excited about what he's reading. That's why he's Wolfgang Peterson's favorite. <laughs> uh, are we back in Fantasia? We're back. You know what else is back? The pretty hair! Oh, he's clean. He's clean! And his wounds have been dressed, that's important too. But, yeah, the the hair is ready to flip again. Yes. Blowing so we wind. now have our very first chance to gush about Falcor's look. Except that I don't have as much gushing because I realized rewatching this, and I, I realized this watching this as a kid, or as an adult going back, but as a kid, I completely blocked out the dragon scaliness of Falcor and was just yeah. basically like, it's a giant white dog. Well, the thing I like about it is the iridescence that the scales have. Oh, it looks like, really cool. They put so much work into the way this dragon looks. Oh my looks. god, it's absolutely beautiful. I, it's incredible. Yeah. I can't imagine. <sighs> I know it takes dozens of puppeteers to control him. I can't imagine how many many people and how much time it took to make him. Yeah, I mean, I I recall in my my ute, um, I had seen a uh, kind of like a making of the never-ending story, and I remember uh, it had to have been a dozen guys uh, standing around Falcor as as the you know the, I I don't want to call him a puppet. I don't mm. know what I would call this, but like, um, and and it, it did take them like it was several people to uh, just operate him, and it's yes, it's that's not even the incredible part. It's it's his fur, it's his scales, it's his claws. I mean, mm-hmm. like. You know, the way he's breathing and like, you know, you're like, oh, Falcor's white. But like in this shot, he's like pink. Yeah. He's yeah. like a pink dragon. That's <laughs> awesome. Maybe that uh, red sky is still kind of glowing on them a little bit. Yeah. Oh, but you're right. He is he is glowing. I mean. And there's oh. like, there's layers. He's got the fur on the sides. He's got the scales on the back. He's got fur showing through the scales as well. It just it, it it amazes me looking this closely at him how much work they put into him. Mm-hmm. Uh, Did not put that kind of work into Falcor's model in the unfortunate sequel. <laughs> uh, I've I've never seen the sequel, so I won't spoil it. Other than Falcor's model is terrible, <laughs> but that's it. All right. I mean, I've read the book, so I know kind of the storyline. But yeah, I. I'm very curious about the sequel now from things that people have mentioned on the podcast. Yeah, it's worth checking out. Yeah. Um, We're going to get more Falcor tomorrow, which I think is when I was like, look at his breathing. This is amazing. Yeah, I have some some serious notes that I want to talk about tomorrow about Falcor. Excellent. But... (gasps) Oh, oh, that's another story. <laughs> that's another story. <laughs> oh, okay. Oh, God, that should be told another time. I got y'all. <laughs> See you guys tomorrow. <laughs> wow, something is really different. I'm a growler. I'm keeping your bones.